Welcome to the day two podcast. Today's episode, creating video that sells with marketing legend and my friend, Rick Cesari. What do the George Foreman Grill GoPro camera and OxyClean have in common? Well, sure, they're all billion dollar brands, but that's not it. They all reached that success thanks to the amazing talents of Rick Cesari, our guest today. Rick has been a leader in the direct-to-consumer marketing industry for more than 25 years. He's used direct response strategies plus video marketing to help build many iconic brands, products like The Juice Man, Sonicare, George Foreman Grill, OxyClean, Clairsonic, I'm still going, Rug Doctor, Momentous Golf, the GoPro Camera, Dormeo, and many, many others. Rick's strategies have helped grow four companies from startup to over a billion dollars in revenue. These case studies and more are outlined in his four books you can find on where else? Amazon. And one of those books is The Amazon Jungle that I had the great honor and pleasure of co-writing. Oh, nice. Uh, of co-writing. Uh, thanks for showing the, the book title there, Rick. I'm Jason Boyce, founder and CEO of Avenue 7 Media, co-author with Rick Cesare of The Amazon Jungle, now available on Audible and the host of the Day 2 Podcast. Welcome to the Day 2 Podcast where we give you the unfiltered truth to launch, grow, and protect your brand on Amazon and beyond. Rick, I'm so thrilled to have you here today. How have you been, my friend, and what's happening? Hey, I've been great. And first of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. When I saw that you had started doing a podcast, I got really excited. It's something I always wanted to do, but never made time for it. So um, I've been a guest on a lot of podcasts, so it's great to be here for sure. Well, thanks, Rick. You know, I, I, luckily we've got our friends over at Legacy Podcast who help us uh, on the production side. I could have never done it without them, but uh, always, a, always a pleasure to talk to you under any circumstances. And, I, and we're honored to have you as our guest. Yeah, Rick, I want to, I want to get back in the time machine a little bit here. You know, back in the day, DRTV was DirecTV commercials that you helped pioneer were enormously popular, um, but. Also, at the same time, there were all those folks like Madison Avenue folks, the direct response mar uh, that looked at direct response marketing and they kind of looked down their nose at DRTV. However, we know better, Rick. Help me understand in your mind sort of the historical importance of DRTV to startup brands. And, and then lastly, how great was it when those DRTV campaigns had so much success that, you know, they became uh, top selling brands within their categories? Yeah, it's good. Thanks for the question and taking us back through memory lane. But, you know, <laughs> not all your listeners are going to remember pre-internet days, but before there was an internet, uh, TV and radio and print were the ways you would launch a product. And um, it just turned out that TV um, prior to the internet was really the most powerful medium. And it was a way to we don't do it today. And that's one of the big differences. But it, in, back in the day, that's how you would test to see if a product was accepted in the marketplace. The problem is it was a very expensive way to test. So the way, you know, the way people would approach it is it's almost like the movie business. You make a few that stinkers, but then you have that one blockbuster that pays for all the, all the ones that don't work. And then you try to eliminate it as, as you know, the ones that, that don't work um, just you know, by experience and, and, you know, just kind of trying to understand the market and things. But um, it was incredibly powerful way to um, reach many, many people with a new product. And that's why um, it was a great vehicle for building some of the brands you mentioned before. You know, one of the differences today is things have flip-flopped. We never launch a product on DRTV. We'll launch a product on Amazon, see if people buy it, you know, then go to the e-commerce website. And then if, as you start to gain traction, um, direct response TV can be a good, what I call phase two or phase three option to really accelerate growth after you've built a really solid base. So it's funny how it's, how it's changed through history, but it's always been a powerful tool and it still is for the right product and, and company. I, Rick, I don't know what it is about television, but it adds a certain credibility. Would you agree? What is that magic that happens whenever either a consumer, and it doesn't even have to be consumer. It could be name any 
anything that you see on television, the minute you see something on television, it instantly gives some sort of credibility. Is it fair to say that? And is why do you think that is? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And I think the reason is, is because we all grew up um, watching TV. And especially since we were little kids, we watch cartoons on TV and, and yeah. it's like TV was believable. It was your, it was your life. And I know that isn't necessarily true anymore, but it does bring a certain credibility um, because for the average person, it's, it's sometimes difficult to think like, how do you get on TV or how do you get a product on TV? And so just the fact that you're on there and you, and you're, you're watching your, your most popular show on TV and then an ad comes up for a product just the um, being next to a popular show, a popular newscast, ah. you take, you absorb some of that credibility um, from the programming that you're either in or next to, um, which is which is a good thing too. Gosh, that's such a great point. I never really thought of it that way. The juxtaposition of a product next to a program that you're enchanted with or you're interested in, really, it, it makes that almost an unconscious connection. Yeah, uh, guess what? Is that the way to describe uh, it? Yeah, no, I mean, guess um, you know, turn on your your national news every evening, and you see a lot of the pharmaceutical commercials in the national news because one, that's a yeah. demographic they want to reach, but two, they want the credibility of being inside the national news, the 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 you know the network, CBS, NBC, CNN, Fox, whatever. They spend a lot of money building up those news anchors into credible people, credible spokesperson. And so then, when they just get done telling you about something that happened, and then your commercial comes on again, that juxtaposition, like you mentioned, just you 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 absorb some of that credibility. So that's that's one of the things that makes it a, a powerful medium. That makes so much sense. Now in the in the internet age. Do you see similar connections to what you experienced with TV success? And I know you're still out there crushing it with TV campaigns like the like our like our mutual friend Scott over at Dormeo, their TV campaign is doing amazingly well. Um, yeah, we should talk see, about that as we go move forward I, in a little more detail and the effect it has on Amazon. I'd love to. And you know, just to tee that up uh, for, for later. Scott did the same thing. He launched it on a direct to direct to consumer website and on Amazon. Took a lot of that great feedback. We'll talk about focus groups later yeah. in the show as well, because uh, I, I love your opinions on focus groups. Um, you know, if, if we fast forward to the internet age, does the same kind of juxtaposition and sort of that unconscious connection happen in your mind online when you see an online video, even if it's not a television related, let's say you go to however, wherever you get your news from and you see a video or your sports website or whatever. Do you, do you see the same thing happening on the smaller screens now? Um, yes and no. You, you know, a lot of online video, people are looking at it. There's, there's humor, there's excitement, you know, you're reaching more specific niches, but the thing about those videos, and there, you know, there's a ton of them just go on YouTube anywhere. They're not necessarily trying to sell something. They're more entertaining and they're more niche entertaining. And, and so if you do want to try to sell something with online video, I do see and, and, and experience that, it, that if you use the kind of the same components that have worked on TV, that'll work online. So it depends what the goal is of, of, of your online video, if it's just content uh, for your website and your marketing, we'll talk about you know everything needs to be authentic and and the, so that people will respond to it. Um, but if the goal is you're trying to sell something with the video, then I think you need to bring in that credibility aspect. And there's different ways of of doing that, you know, that we did on TV that will that will do with online video as well. Let's dive into that a little bit. That's a great segue. What are in your mind the components of video? And I look, I remember from your books and I remember when we were going through the process of writing the book together, I love hearing you talk about story, the power of a story. And um I know that I've every every story every uh, DRTV ad I've ever watched of yours that you produced um or created 
has this amazing, it tells an amazing story. So what are some of those key components of successful video ads that translate not only in the TV world, but also in the online video world? And for that matter, Amazon video. Yeah, no, Amazon uh, and Amazon's a little bit of an exception because they there's because of things they allow and don't allow necessarily in some of their videos. But one of my biggest things you talk about the story is real customer testimonials. And I've been a huge advocate of using them from a marketing perspective um, since day one. And you can pretty much tell when there's a fake testimonial where someone's being paid to say a specific thing about a product. And I've always um, gone the other direction and have always used real consumers that have purchased the product or that we've given the product to use for some time. And the authenticity of somebody's responses, and this leads into your focus group comment a little bit, but Mm -hmm. the authenticity of those responses Um, people can, that emotion comes through the screen, whether it's the big screen on TV or the little screen on the internet. So I'm always been a big advocate and still am of, of using, uh, you know, the old term, I guess, is, is testimonials. The new term is customer stories. Um, but if you can tell the product story through someone else's experience, that's a really powerful way to do it. And and that's something that works both on TV and, and online. And, and one of the first things, you know, I, I work with a lot of e-commerce companies now kind of like consulting, like what type of video do they need and on their websites and, and on Amazon. And, and, um, uh, and one of the things I always say is the, you know, the first thing they should be doing is really reaching out to their customers and doing uh, five, 10, 15 interviews and you'll have that content to use for a video aspect, but you'll also get really great feedback from the perspective of what they like and don't like about a product, which should help you market it better to, to new consumers. Rick, we were sitting down at the Issaquah Coffee House, and I asked you the question, how do you feel about focus groups? And you described this to me, and it was such an aha moment. I was like, wait a minute, we do that on Amazon mm-hmm. by reading product reviews and ratings and questions and answers. And we take, so it, it's the same thing, right? It's, you know, it's absolutely the same thing. And I, I have to thank you because that's, I, I, you know, I have to tell the listening audience that almost everything I know about Amazon, I learned from Jason and oh. we kind of did a, 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 a brain meld. And I, I taught him a lot about direct response and television marketing and, and he taught me about Amazon. And, and that's one of the reasons we collaborated on a book. We brought both of these um, skills together. But but in that conversation, I I did learn, and I still use it to this day, that, that you taught me to read the Amazon reviews is the same thing as, as the, vi- you know, the video testimonials I was talking about, or the testimonial interviews. Um, you know, they're a lot less expensive to, to get them um, and, and read them. But that's my starting point now for when I look at any product is to really um, read the reviews, read the feedback, and it really tells you a story about what people like about a product and and even what they don't like. It's important to read the negative reviews because it it really helps you from a marketing standpoint understand the points that you need to emphasize in in your advertising in order to get to consumers to buy the product. So Amazon's a t- amazing, you know, the review is an amazing um, asset that for people to use if they know how to use it correctly. And conversely with that data, Rick, um, you know, you've shared with me so many times how you would fly, you would, you would either rent a home or you'd get, you'd rent some space in a hotel. You'd fly in real customers who paid, who used their own money to buy the product. You'd sit them in front of the camera and you'd interview them for how long would you interview them for? 15, Anywhere 20. from thirty minutes to forty-five minutes. Thirty um, to forty-five minutes. Okay, yeah. great. And 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 really in depth. And that's where it where there is a little advantage beyond the Amazon reviews. Amazon reviews, you have access to them. It doesn't cost you anything. Yep. But in these video interviews, you're really asking every potential question you can of a real consumer that purchased the product, and you're finding out what they liked, what they don't like, what made them buy the product. Uh, have they, you know, have they told their friends about it? If the, if so, what did they tell their friends? Uh, you know, just 
I, I have a, in one of my books, uh, I think with Video Persuasion, I have a list of 20 questions that I recommend you ask people in any interview um, that brings out as much of this information as possible. And that's what I would say is that in, in the video interview part, even though it's more expensive, you go much more in depth. But then the nice part is now you have all this footage. It's almost like a library of footage that you can utilize on your uh, e-commerce website. I'm not sure how Amazon treats testimonial interviews. At, at, I know at one point they don't they didn't like them, but I see a lot of products. I, I, I think do. they've opened the door to them now. Oh, really? Um, yeah, you know, I'll have to confirm that with our experts, our video experts at Avenue 7, but I'll, we'll put it in the show notes uh, just to confirm it. But testimonials are now, a testimonial video is now allowed, and we'll cut this out if it's not. But Okay. No, <laughs> but and I mean, that's a positive thing. That's a good thing. And then even yeah. when they weren't allowed, and maybe it's, you know, some video snuck through the crack. I, I was working with some different people who did have some testimonial video interviews in there and they, yeah. they're really powerful. They're just a great way to sell. I never understood why Amazon would, would prevent people from doing that and providing that great social proof. You know, they're engineers, they're not merchandisers, Rick, so we have to sometimes forgive them. Um, but, you know, something that you said I want to just circle back on is so powerful. And and you live this, you exude this sense of authenticity anytime you hang out. Folks, anytime you hang out with Rick, you just feel it. He's just a real human, human and a great guy and just totally authentic. You said by doing that, by having a real customer – talk about their experience with the product that they paid real money for, that literally through the screen, the authenticity comes through. It's almost like the viewer can feel it. How do you just, how do you, how do you explain that? (laughs) I mean, that's an incredibly, getting people to feel something is really powerful, certainly in merchandising and marketing and relationships, et cetera. How in the world do you explain that this happens across the screen? Yeah, it, 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 that's interesting. Um, the best answer I can give you is, is kind of, again, comparing. You started off this conversation talking about uh, Madison Avenue and, you know, the big sure. brands and things like that. And though, and though, though you want to talk about expensive commercials, you know, they, they spend millions of dollars to make one of those and they hire actors to do it. And um, I've, I've worked with both actors and, you know, real um, consumer testimonials. And I, I always come away from it after interviewing that each of them, that no writer can write lines as good or authentic as, as Joe Smith from next door, or Sally from next door will come up with just at the spur of the moment. One of the reasons I, I do a 30 or 45 minute interview is you're always looking for that one golden soundbite that's like, wow, that's going to sell the product. And the more you talk to somebody, the more chance that somebody's going to, you know, say the exact right thing. That's just the perfect soundbite to put into a testimonial like that. And I don't, and I don't know. I just think people, people can tell if, if um, it, you know, it's real or fake. I can, you know, in in five minutes, I can watch a TV commercial or you know, an infomercial on TV and tell whether the testimonials are real or fake. You know, it, it, it you know, people still get away with doing some of the the fake ones, and it, it's just, I think it's just something that people have a sense for and, and that's why they respond so well. Hmm. It's fascinating. I I love this discussion, Rick. You know, Rick, I I, want to back up for a second. We kind of started the conversation by saying, you know, the golden age of DRTV, you're pioneering it. You're winning in that space. I mean, for God's sake, George Foreman, George Foreman grill. Uh, Speaking of authenticity, um, did he use the product? Yeah, that was uh, pretty funny. Um, I, I told you the story, and we made George, the very first infomercial for for the George Foreman Grill. And at the time, it, it was a small grill. Uh, I think it could do four hamburgers was the size of it and for $59. And um, the first time George actually ever used the uh, product was when he came on to the show uh, that we were recording. And this was one where we were doing a live studio audience with a co-host. And luckily we um, had a very experienced co-host. Think of a, a QVC presenter uh, that is very good at talking about the product and coming across very naturally and making the guest uh, feel comfortable. And But George just had something, you know, you can't be as successful as he was without being an authentic 
real person. And that came through from George, even though he didn't use it. But George didn't wasn't basically presenting the product like, here's how I use it in my house. Basically, all George was doing, the lady was make, doing the cooking. Her name, name was Nancy Nelson. She would cook up something, give George something to eat, and George would take a bite, and people loved to see him eat. And, um, <laughs> and he just had such a funny personality that people responded to it. Um, and, uh, and so... From the, but he but there wasn't there was never a claim that like oh this is like something I use in my home all the time it, it's like here's a grill that they named it after him because it's really good for cooking hamburgers and he was famous for eating a lot of hamburgers at the time <laughs> um, and and you know it just his personality just came across as as very very authentic that's such a great story yeah um, you know so you, you got the biggest television commercial in the country running at all hours of the day and night. How do you go from playing college football to what's your story, Rick? Tell us, how do you go from <laughs> playing college football? And then many, most, most people don't know that you did that. Uh, a college athlete to selling towels on the beach. Uh, suntan lotion. Suntan lotion. Hawaiian okay, Tropic. So, <laughs> Hawaiian, tr selling Hawaiian Tropic <laughs> on the beach to having the world's most successful television campaign. Yeah. Tell us that story. What's that, what's that stair step process to get well, there? Well, definitely. I, it, it wasn't, uh, sitting around the, the, the dining room table with my family and planning out my career. That's not what happened. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, uh, went to school and I studied biology. I was, um, always interested in, I was interested in becoming a marine biology. I've always been interested in the water and things like that. And, um, I went to a little school up in, I was living in Daytona Beach, Florida. I went to a school up in Pennsylvania, uh, this, the smallest size college you could get NAI division two. Um, but they had a really good football team and I walked onto the football team and ended up starting for three years for them. And in, and in 78 and 79, we won the NAA division two national championship, which was great and two times wow. we, we actually um one year we played um redlands in california which i think is near you and, and another time um i'm trying to think we uh we played california lutheran which plays in thousand oh, yeah. oaks yeah That's where the so Rams, those were the two that's teams the Ram practice facility now cal lutheran yeah, exactly so those yeah. are the two teams that we played the two college teams that we played for the national championship two years in a row anyway um graduate from college in order to become a marine biologist, I would have had to go to graduate school. I did not want to do more college. So <laughs> I moved back home to Florida. Um, Daytona Beach, if you know, it's a very much of a tourist town. It's famous for, you know, the speedway and but spring break and, you know, just people coming to the beach and getting suntan low suntan. So I got a job uh, during the day as a as a lifeguard and I was a bartender at night, kind of you know, it was a fun thing to do right when you graduate from college. But the one thing with the with the suntan lotion was that I didn't get paid a salary. So the only way I made money was if I sold the suntan lotion. And I really credit that, to be honest with you, with learning how to sell and learning how to overcome objections. Um, mm. Because I would walk up to, um, you know, tourists that came down from the north. They might have had a bottle of mineral oil um, that they bought for like $5 in the drugstore. And here I was going to go in and try and sell them a tube of suntan lotion for $9 or a complete kit for $89. And the more successful you were, the more commissions you'd make. So it, I, I really learned how a lot about selling and, 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 and overcoming objections uh, during that time. But I was always, I knew that I wasn't, you know, five years from now, I looked around at at some of the guys that were doing this, this was their, their live, you know, what they did for their life. And I said, and I knew that wasn't going to be me. So I always um, started reading some books about how people made money. And it turned out, and it's still probably true today that more millionaires are made by buying real estate than any other way. So I started studying, uh, buying a lot of real estate books. A really popular one at the time was called uh, Nothing Down by Robert Allen. And uh, he had started promoting seminars first through newspaper ads. And then he was one of the first ones to use a half hour infomercial to do this. Um, I, I went to one of these seminars and um, uh, did what they said, went out, bought a house, turned around, sold it like three weeks later and made, I think like 
$12,000. And I was like 21 years old. And I was like, to me, that was like a million dollars. I mean, <laughs> I was like more money than I had made in my entire life up to that point. And so I was just got excited to start doing that. But the guy whose seminar I went to, um, I, I was so grateful. I called up a Florida business magazine called Florida Trend. And I said, hey, you should write a story about this guy. He's got a really amazing story. He came over as, as a Vietnamese immigrant, and now he's helping people buy real estate. And and um, they ended up doing a story, and it made his seminars go, you know, in, increase and do really well. You know, the credibility factor of a, of a magazine writing a story about it. Anyway, he asked me if I wanted to uh, start working with him from a marketing perspective. And in about four years, we built that up to one of the largest seminar businesses in the country, but it was using, it was kind of like, and you you know what this, like when you you were one of the first to use pay-per-click advertising mm-hmm. and, and Facebook advertising, and you know the returns you would get. Well, it was the same way when, when we first went on TV with these types of direct response shows, it was a virgin territory. And, and so the responses you got were amazing. And and you really, if if you put the right thing on there, it was hard not to be successful. Um, so built up that seminar business and and made it really successful. The founder and I didn't see eye to eye, and we got into a fight. And I ended up leaving the business, and um, I was looking around for something to do. And I was thinking, well, hey, if this worked for uh, real estate. I wonder if it would work for something else. I went into a bookstore and like was looking in the business section just for some ideas on something to promote. It's something I, I used to do a lot of to get ideas. And I found a book, How to Make a Million in the Stock Market. And I called up the the author of the book who lived in New York, told him what I wanted to do. He agreed. I flew him down to Tampa, Florida. We made a, a, a talk show. We had a local newscaster be the interviewer. I called the New York Stock Exchange. They gave me a whole bunch of uh, brochures that I could give away for free. And we would sell this course on how to make money in the stock market based on the book um, over what they used to be called the Financial News Network, um, which was it called, uh, now I think it, it morphed into MSNBC or, or whatever. But back in the day, that's what it was called. And um, really, it was just you know, you'd put money, you'd put this on there and people would, 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 um, you know, send orders for, it was like marketing an online course before there was an internet, but we were doing it over TV. And it was, you know, uh, one of the categories that have traditionally worked in direct response, which I call get rich quick, uh, type of thing, which I've, you know, veered away from that as I got, as I've gotten older and stuff. But anyway, that I did that. And then, um, the person who put up half the money for that project, I was living in Florida still, lived out in Seattle. The, the business started to take off. I moved out here. And um, that, like any uh, business, that you know, things will go up and then they'll come down a little bit. So I was looking for the next thing to do. And I went to a, um, I was always interested in health and nutrition. And I went to a health and nutrition seminar. There was this guy named Jay Cordich, who's known as the juice man. And it, I think it was the Seattle Home Show. He had a little booth there. And it was funny because you'd go by every booth. There'd be like two or three people talking to to the owners of, of whatever product it was. But at his booth, there were like 50 people around. And he was like lecturing to these people. And they were mesmerized on every word he was saying. So I waited till after it was over. And I went up and talked to him. And I said, hey, I think you'd be good on TV. And so we decided to do a project together. And and this was in 1989. And we launched a product uh, called the Juice Man Juicer. And that was really my first real big success. It, it grew from zero to $75 million in about three and a half years. And we ended up selling it in 19, 1993 to Salton Housewares. Again, just being able to use the television direct response at a time when it, it was in its infancy and you could get really good return on investment um, type of thing was it was really the the vehicle that that made that business grow. And a lot of the other ones you mentioned earlier in the, you know, in the introduction. And then from there, it was like people... After we sold the business, I just I took some a little bit of time off, and then I wasn't planning on getting the agency business. But people just kept approaching me. Uh, the first people that did it was a, a small company in Seattle called Optiva. They were having trouble getting their product on retail shelves. They wanted to do an infomercial. I helped them do it, and then 
Then from then the company that bought our the Juice Man business was Salton. They're the ones that came up with the George Foreman Grill. They brought that to me, and it, it's it's just kind of people just started bringing me products, and and so I started an agency to start doing the marketing, kind of a limit a little bit. Like right? you started Avenue Seven. Yeah, you, you were a product marketer first. Yeah, really understood everything there was to do about selling products on Amazon. Had a lot of success. People were constantly coming to you to ask you if you could help them or or answer a question or what happens if this happens, and then you just it made sense to do an agency, start an agency, right? Yeah, it, it, there's so much that I relate to in that story. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's go, going all the way back to selling suntan lotion. Um, you know, I, I was in the Marines and knew I was going to get out and read a book by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, and in that book. He says, every entrepreneur should get sales training. And so what did I do? It was my first job when I got out of the Marine Corps. I went to work for Johnson & Johnson as a drug rep because I knew they had this amazing like six-month uh, training program for sales. And That's I, I, a good I, program I, to learn from too. Oh, they were, it was so good. And it was, um, it, it was actually based on – it was integrity selling, which I know mm-hmm. you will relate to very well, right? Yeah. Just being mm-hmm. honest, oh, yeah. being able to listen – being able to field objections and offer alternatives. And I, I think that that is something that is really valuable for young people to hear, Rick, is yeah. go on, get that sales training. Yeah, it's it, one, get the sales training. But I think what also you called it integrity selling. But I, I used a term a long time ago. There was actually an article in Success Magazine when the juicer was really popular. Um, and I said, we don't sell our product. We educate the consumer about the benefits, and then they make a decision to purchase it. And that, and when you talk about integrity selling, I think that's the same thing. You're basically presenting why this is a good product to solve a specific problem. You're not trying to force the product on anybody. And then, and then people make the decision to purchase the product as opposed to you selling it, if that so, makes sense. So it makes perfect sense, and it's so well said. And, you know, again, it's this, it, this, this sort of authenticity. You know, there's another interesting story to weave through this, this podcast episode. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying our discussion, Rick. It, it, and it's, you know, sales has also a lot of people look down on sales, right? Yes. Yeah. Kind of like the same way Madison Avenue looked down on DRTV yeah. and you guys kicked their ass, right? Yeah. But, but young people, uh, taking any kind of job that gets you in front of a consumer, to sell a product is such valuable experience. And I know that you, you talk about the importance of testimonials, right? In mm-hmm. the videos that you create and how that really um, almost sells itself. It's almost like allow, allow someone who's had the product and who's really enjoying the product and likes talking about it in order to, to, to sell, to sell the product. It, it's very interesting. That sales training. And you, and you said, it, I'll say it again. You said selling Hawaiian Tropic suntan lotion yeah. helped you get to the point where you've got the most successful television ad campaign in America. Right? And it just makes perfect uh-huh. sense to me. Right? Yeah. And let me, let me just tell you a little, just a little thing that you can take that you learn. And, and I, first of all, I agree with you about it. It's very valuable training to be able to honestly stand in front of a person and try to sell them a product. You know, there's a famous scene in The Wolf from Wall Street where he holds up a pen and he says, sell me this pen type of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the things I learned in, this, in the suntan lotion, it's just a little thing, but it turned into millions and millions of dollars in sales later in life is instead of going up and 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 just saying to this group of, of people trying to get a suntan, here you should try this Hawaiian Tropic suntan lotion. It's only $9.99. So... I learned the concept of upselling or creating a, a larger order value and by saying, okay, you should you don't just need the lotion, you need the pre-tanner, the tanner, the the oil for the accelerated tan, and then the after sun. And so that all together is everything you need to to and you're talking to them and you have like a beautiful tan. They want to be like the spokesperson, you know? <laughs> so, um, and it, but that's only $90, but you know, for the two weeks you're down here, you'll, you won't get a sunburn, you'll go home and all your friends will be impressed by how, how great you look and how great your tan is. And so you learn instead of to sell one bottle to upsell 
several other products too. And so that was something we've always done. Then once someone would, would, would buy a grill or buy OxyClean, um, we would always then upsell them more products that made sense, that, that had to make sense for what they were buying initially. And you know what else I heard in there, Rick, that you taught me so many years ago? Features tell, but benefits sell. You know, you close them with the benefits of the product Mm -hmm. all the way through their entire vacation life cycle. That's really impressive. And, you know, it's funny. This is a video. This is a video production podcast episode, right? Yeah. But this is what most people that create video get wrong. Yes. The stuff that we're talking about must be in your video, right? You have to have that social proof. You have to have that authentic story. You have to really focus on the benefits of the product first, then layer in the, the, the in the features and then to get them to close. And, and even there's more subtle stuff. When when you and I first met and I looked at um, some of the video or, or pictures that you had <laughs> on, videos. on Amazon, um, <laughs> And you were, I think it was either a hair, air hockey table or a ping pong table. And you were showing this like beautiful ping pong table, but there were no people in the picture. And That's I go, right. Jason, you got it. You got to show people. No, Rick, you're wrong. There were people putting it together. Oh yeah. People assembling it. it. That's right. There was an assembly video. There was an assembly, <laughs> like, here's how you put it together. And I go, Jason, that looks like work. I'm not going to buy that thing. And so, you, and so, you know, we made some videos where we had a fa- happy family, enjoying life, playing with the ping pong thing. And, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, just ba- you know, little things like that make a huge difference to the, to the viewer. And, and, um, and help I felt sell so the dumb when you said those words. That looks like work. You said it so calmly and like respectfully, and I was like, "Damn it, you're right." But it was an aha moment again. And- but that, but back in the day, this is probably I don't know six or seven years ago now. Maybe it's eight or whatever. And probably I would say ninety percent of the Amazon listings had the assembly guide or instruction guide or how to put it together. And it was all, all features. Nobody was really using any benefits at all. And it's changed very, very rapidly. You know, people, most of the sellers are, are doing the right. I shouldn't say most of them, but a lot of sellers are doing the right thing now. Rick, I like to think you and I have a little bit to do with that, mostly you. Uh, But, uh, you know, it it is true. Sellers are, are leveling up. And yep. really picking up their game. And, um, you know, another element too, I, I think this is something that people get wrong all the time. How many times do you make a pitch to a brand owner and they say, oh, that's kind of, you know, I don't know if I like that. Like, what are some examples of where you're saying you need to be able to do this and the brand owner has an objection or, or, or a reservation about moving forward with it? You may, I take that back. You you probably don't get a lot of that because you're the marketing legend. I get a lot of it. But can you think of an example like that? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going through one right now, so I'd rather not use their names. Um, and, it, and it gets frustrating. And, you know, at this point in my career, when I get that kind of pushback, it's like, do I want to even waste my time working with these people? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like they just don't get it. Uh, you, you know that where we talk about there's product owners that get it and, you know, type of thing. And it's, it really comes to, you know, somebody knowing what they don't know, you know what I mean? And being yeah. open instead of, instead of being the expert on, on everything. And then, um, you know, something that happens all the time is like, I I've had sales and marketing success over a wide range of products, but if I'm talking to a brand owner in a specific category where I can't, share a specific item that I've sold in that category, they're like, well, how do you know that'll work in this category? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you're like, I sold suntan lotion on the beach. Of course, this is going to work. <laughs> um, you know, just to, to, things like that. But um, yeah, there, there, there's lots of examples, but um, I'd rather talk about the positive stuff with you. With you yeah, sure. That's that fine. Type that's of thing. fair. That's so, fair. Um, speaking you know, of somebody, sure. speaking of somebody who just gets it, yeah. You know, our mutual friend Scott Reed, CEO of Dormeo Mattress yes. Toppers. What a great story! You know, he, he came to us early on. Didn't even really have a direct to consumer e-commerce website yet. Got that going. 
We got him up on Amazon. He he's somebody who's got his ears and his eyes open and he, who, who's able to listen. And he used that Amazon selling experience and the product reviews and the ratings. And he's someone who reads every rating, every review. Yeah, every every Friday, you're probably on his email list where he sends out uh, the the comments that come through either Amazon or Facebook. It's uh, uh, you know all the positive comments every Friday. He sends it out to the to the team to the Dormeo team, and they read all yeah. of the feedback from the customers, which is really awesome. And, and of course, we're grateful that he worked with you to create. Top three DRTV ad campaign right now in yeah, the country. It was, it was ranked um, at, at, in the at top three. I, it's it's gone down a little since then because it's been on almost for a year now. But um, you know, very very crowded category mattress toppers. Think about all the direct to consumer mattress companies out there, and you have to give a lot of credit to Scott, whose background uh, is in direct response, so he understands why that works, but. Yeah. Basically started a company. Um, it's it's a little longer now, but when you and I first started working with them, um, Dormeo grew from zero sales. This is North America. It was an existing brand in Europe. They grew from zero sales to over forty million in sales in only eighteen months. Um, mm-hmm. Doing all direct to consumer, e uh, you know their own e commerce site, Amazon, and direct response TV, and um, you know. I think it's important for your Amazon listeners. Um, and again, not every product you're going to be able to take for TV, but if certain um, product owners out there are brands where the product makes sense for TV, you get such an amazing effect uh, from the TV, a product lift in sales. And you, you've seen it firsthand with Dormeo. Yeah. You know, they have problems keeping an inventory all the time. But, um, you know, when you're running this big advertising program, it not only will make um, their Amazon sales go up, their Facebook sales do better, um, their website sales do better. It it just acts as a huge um, brand awareness vehicle that pays for itself. That's the best thing you can do um, is getting more people aware of the product in a way that's paying for itself through the direct sales that it creates. Yeah, it's incredibly powerful. And I, I can always tell when a, a real big TV spot is running because the Amazon sales are spiked because folks are sitting on their couch. They've mm-hmm. got their phone attached to their hip. They see it on television and they're like, do I call the number or do I go to the website and enter one digit at a time, my credit card number, or do I just pull it up on Amazon push two buttons and then have it delivered to my door the next day. It's, it's really, it's really interesting. We yeah. see this day in and day out. And I just, I love Scott, someone I love working with. And I know you do too, cause he just gets it. He understands that his marketing spend everywhere helps drive sales everywhere. Yes. And he, he even measures it as such. Yeah. You know, and, you, and you and I are, are big believers in this thing. Um, as far as letting people buy where they're most comfortable. And, oh, yeah. you know, these days, I don't know if it's 50% of the people or 40% or 60%, but when they see an item, Amazon is one of the easiest places to shop. They're going to go to Amazon and buy it, but that doesn't mean they searched and found out about it on Amazon or, you know, they might've seen it somewhere else, whether it's a Facebook ad or, or, or a TV ad or, or whatever, but they prefer because Amazon does a great job of delivering product on fast and on time and, usually at the, at the best price too. Yeah, a- absolutely. It's such a great success story. Um, I'm so glad that you guys connected and made that just amazing uh, television ad. Um, Rick, look, look into your crystal ball a little bit. Uh, I, I, I was very retrospective the other day thinking about this whole thing of video as, mm-hmm. as I was thinking about get, getting you on the call. How amazing video has been as a medium to literally change the world. I was thinking, I was remembering back when I was in college and the Rodney King incident happened. And the whole thing happened because of video. And everyone around walking around the country today has one of these things in its pocket. And look at how much from not not only from a business perspective, but from a social perspective, video has changed everything. And you've had this pioneer position, front row seat to developing television ads to sell great products on television. And then you've, you've made an amazing transition to doing it online. 
uh, on Amazon. We, we use that DRTV ad campaign that you created for Scott all over Amazon and it provides amazing results. Yeah. Um, that's a good, that's a good point. I just want to touch on really quickly is, um, uh, the multi purpose of video content that you shoot. So anyway, we got hired by Dormeo to, to make, uh, it, it's an, it, an expensive product, a 30 minute infomercial. Plus we made, um, uh, 30 second spots, 60 second spots, two minute spots, and a five minute spot. These are all for TV. But now, but in shooting that, we probably shot 40 hours worth of footage, lots and lots of testimonials. Um, and Jason now, his team at Avenue 7 has all of this video footage that they can take and use, like you just said, you know, use all over Amazon. Maybe you can go for some of the ways you use it on Amazon or, or where you use it on Amazon. Um, and then also they created um, their a lot of their Facebook ads from that same video. So one of the things is it's, it's a lot less expensive these days to create video. Um, and then it's also less, makes it less expensive because before you could, do it and use it through one channel. Now you're really multi-purposing the video and using it through all of your marketing channel. Um, you know, the same video, I'm sure if you go to the Dormeo website, a lot of that video is, is on the Dormeo website. So there's just so many uses for it today that if you aren't doing video and you, you need to be doing it for your, for your product marketing. A hundred percent, Rick. And we, we have those videos all over Amazon. We have, we probably have 10 to 15 videos that are accessible just from the product details page. We use sponsored brand videos, a multitude of them that we've spliced from that raw footage. We took that great about us video that you shot with Scott and oh, the yeah. founders, uh, uh, CEO's leader story. Yeah. We put that in an about us tab in the Amazon brand store. We broke out the technology. And the yeah, the animations, the animations things, yep. and how it works, and yeah, yeah, we got a whole we got a whole section on that in the brand store. It, it literally tells the whole story. If you don't know Dormeo, when you're searching for premium mattress toppers on Amazon, by the time you go through that journey, seeing the sponsor brand video ad, clicking through to the details page, following the video, and then if you want to learn more about the brand, clicking through to the bry line and seeing the story, you, you have everything that you need. To, to, to know about the true benefits of the product, what makes it different, what makes it great. You connect with it on an emotional level because Scott's so great on camera. Uh, you guys did such a good job with that video. And it, it, it's made them a top seller, not only on Amazon, but on the entire internet. And it's just really impressive. It's such a great success story. So I'm going to share um, my, my big video tip for the day. So people use their iPhones or whatever uh, for shooting video. And I'd say 90% of them, when they do it, hold it vertical. And you're and when you're shooting video, you should hold it horizontal. Uh, that's why you, when you see a lot of um, homemade video, the sides are blurred out because they've shot it uh, vertical like this. So whenever you're shooting video or using your iPhone to shoot video, um, always hold it horizontal. And you'll get a better result. There it is, folks. Tips from the master. That's great. <laughs> you know, just, back Technically, that's about all I know about video production. I'm more, I'm more the content guy. What you know, scripting. You're the conductor, and that kind of thing. Rick. You're the yeah. conductor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the orchestra. Um, you know, back to this whole idea of um, you know, videos changing the world. Look at your crystal ball a little bit. What do you anticipate that's coming in the next year? In the next five years? In the next ten years? And how do you think that will affect video marketing into the future? Well, one of the things, and we just touched on it a little bit earlier in the show, that it video, just, just a little thing I was showing you with the iPhone, just it, video, this used to be what you can do with this iPhone used to cost be a fifty or $60,000 Sony camera uh, you, ah. to get the same result. So technology is making video production um, more accessible to everybody. So, you know, to me, there's two parts to video production. There's the technical part. And to me, there's tons and tons of people out there that can do the technical part. The part you and I have been talking about mostly today is the strategic part, what, what goes into the video. So just be thinking in terms of um, 
one, to answer your question where it's going, it's just going to get more and more accessible because technology is going to get better and better. And then there's always going to be more outlets for the video. You know, when you and I first met, I don't think Amazon was just starting to use, allow you. They might have, like like have one, one video. video. Yeah. And then, but now they finally realize, they see the numbers, they, they analyze the numbers every day and they see yep. how powerful video is. And plus it opens up advertising, everything. So you know, if the largest retailer in the world is is seeing the benefits of video, you you should too. Um, <laughs> but where it's going, it's just really technology is going to keep getting better. It's going to allow more. You know, the other thing you said in, earlier in the show, I used to rent a house and fly people in from all over the country. That's very expensive. Again, you've got great content, but a very spent, expensive thing to do. Now, you and I are doing a video interview over uh, with a platform called Riverside during COVID. I use the same platform to record video with people that we used in on TV. So right just with your laptop and and the right um app you can you can do the same things that cost you know it used to it used to cost just to get out to do a video shoot in a day 10 to $12,000. Now you can pretty much do that same thing um, for a fraction less than $1,000 you know and and get almost as good results uh technically and the nice thing about it is you don't even have to have that nice finished hollywood madison avenue look people are so used to social media videos and stuff shot on the iphone they actually prefer looking at that type of video so hmm. you you actually have that going in your favor that it doesn't have to be so polished people i've found in in the last probably two years people respond better to um, organic type video as opposed to the polished Hollywood style video type of thing. Fascinating. So Fascinating. anyway, I just think it'll get more accessible. Technology is going to get better. It's going to, uh, there's going to be more channels to put this on. You know, yeah. we talked, we talked about traditional TV. We didn't talk about all the streaming channels and places to, I mean, it's just um, wherever there's human eyeballs, there's going to be a place for video to sell the product. I love that. You know, I, in the final analysis, folks, anyone with a video camera or as Rick is saying, with a cell phone can shoot video, but that doesn't mean that it will sell, right? Yeah. And that's why I love this episode so much, Rick. We spent time to focus on the important things. What are the elements that you need in a video in order to communicate in an authentic way to your potential customer that your product is for them? You know, over the years, Rick, I want to thank you for your kindness and generosity, all of your teachings over the years. All, our entire creative team uses tactics that you taught me however many years ago it was, eight, 10 years ago. And, um, you know, I just, I just want to thank you for, for all of that. Um, if any of our listeners and our YouTube viewers want to get in contact with you, how can they reach you at Direct Branding? Yeah, just a real simple. It's just Rick at Direct Branding and, um, dot com, Rick at Direct Branding dot com. And, Feel free if anyone's listening and just has a question you want answered. I'm happy to to help anybody that's trying that's a product marketer that's trying to uh, generate more sales, and you know, happy to talk to anybody about anything that I can help them with. So it's just Rick at directbranding.com. Thank you, Rick. It's been a pleasure. If you're ready to start growing and protecting your brand on Amazon with a team of experienced Amazon operators, you can visit us at day2podcast.com. That's day2podcast.com. That website also includes a free Amazon checklist to make sure all your bases are covered in your selling business. Lastly, if you know of anyone else who would gain value from this podcast, and this one was a good one, folks, please share it with them. Thanks for listening and happy selling.